Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm again here by myself because Grace had some very fancy things to do. She had a little event before a performance of Anne Juliet, and then she had to go see a show that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Danny and the Deep Blue Sea. So for my last show before heading to New York, well, depending on when you're listening to this, I might be there already. I'm going to be flying solo, but Grace and I are going to be recording tomorrow before we see I Need That, starring Dana DeVito on Broadway on Wednesday night. As a reminder, travelogue episodes coming after every day that I'm in New York, so you can hear my thoughts on everything that I see. Also, on Tuesday, I did an interview with Clyde Alves, who recently was seen on Broadway in New York, New York. He's getting ready to have a concert this coming Monday at Chelsea Table and Stage. It's a really, really wonderful conversation about his music, which is very personal, but also very, very fun. Why so much of his music has familial connections in one way or another. We also got a little bit into the love story about how he and his wife, Robin Herter, first met and uh, and got together. And I asked him what those two incredible dancers like to dance to when they go out. So uh, you will hear that in the podcast feeds later today. All right, on to the news. And I told you yesterday, I warned you, I tried to give you a little bit of preparation time and everything happened all at once. I told you that we would have an embargo coming at 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning. I did not know that there would be two embargoes coming at 10 a.m. on Tuesday morning. The one I knew that was coming on Tuesday, I'm going to talk about second. The one that I didn't know was coming at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, we're going to talk about first. And this is the one, though, that as I teased yesterday would probably break theatrical internet. And I was not super on social media on Tuesday, so you can tell me if that happened or not. But Lincoln Center Theater announced the principal casting for its upcoming revival of Anton Chekhov's Uncle Vanya. This is going to feature a new translation by Heidi Schreck and is going to be directed by Lila Neugebauer. And the cast is absolutely bonkers. I mean, it is, honestly, it is insane. In his Broadway debut, starring as Vanya, will be TV and film star Steve Carell. Now, if you remember, I gave you a hint. Back on September 15th, I told Grace that I had heard that Steve Carell, or actually I just alluded to somebody who had been in the office, doing this role, and she freaked out. So I gave you warning. You could have known this already, but I did not know until Monday before I teased it on Tuesday's episode who the rest of the cast would feature. We know that Tony nominee Allison Pill will be playing Vanya's niece, Sonia. Therefore, that is why the title is Uncle Vanya. The cast will also feature Emmy nominee William Jackson Harper as Astrov, Tony winner Jane Howdyshell as Mama Voininsky, Mia Kattegbeck as Marina, three-time Tony nominee Alfred Molina as The Professor, and Tony winner Anika Noni-Rose as Yelena. This cast is absolutely bonkers, and it has something for everybody it kind of like you have so many entry points depending on where your fandoms lie as to how you can get into this production because this is lincoln center theater the prices will not be nearly as high as they would be if it was a commercial run i think if this was a commercial run that this very well could be the most expensive ticket for a play in broadway history it will not be, I don't believe, because Lincoln Center Theater is a not-for-profit theater company, so they do not have the same financial obligations, nor do they have the same financial desires to charge incredibly high ticket prices. Not that they are cheap, but relatively so. A production with 
Steve Carell, Allison Pill, William Jackson Harper, Jane Howdy Shell, Alfred Molina, Nika Noni Rose, and Mia Kadigbak would normally be just an insane ticket to get. But doing it at the Vivian Wilmont Theater, I think, is going to be just absolutely incredible. And you, you know that I loved the intimate loft Uncle Vanya that we talked to David Cromer and Julia Chan about. I think it'll, this will be fascinating to see a very different production of this show over the course of, of less than one year because performances begin on April 2nd ahead of an April 24th opening. An absolutely star-studded cast. The production team is fantastic. We talked about that last time. But really, I it is just kind of a mind-blowing cast and it should be very, very, very interesting and very, very cool to see all of those people on stage together. Now, let's go over to the news that I knew was coming on Tuesday, and that is some details about the previously announced upcoming Broadway revival of Henrik Ibsen's An Enemy of the People. We already knew that Emmy winner from Succession Jeremy Strong would be leading that cast. What we did not know was who would be starring opposite him and where and when it would be. Let's start with the who. Playing his brother will be Emmy winner Michael Imperioli, primarily from The Sopranos fame. And in terms of the where and when, performances will begin on February 27th at the Circle in the Square Theater, which is not the house that I thought this would originally go into. I hadn't heard anywhere else, so I don't know if this is where they always wanted to go, but when I heard Jeremy Strong, Enemy of the People, I figured it would be a nice, big, fancy proscenium stage. But the fact that this is going to be, presumably, at least a three-quarter thrust, if not more, is very, very interesting. It makes me very excited about what Sam Gold might do with this. Of course, we've seen productions at Circle in the Square that are not in the round or not even three-quarter thrust, so it will be interesting to see what they do there. This adaptation is by Amy Herzog, who was most recently seen on Broadway with another Henrik Ibsen adaptation, and that is A Doll's House that starred Jessica Chastain last season. Gold and Herzog are married, so this is a very, very powerful and interesting theatrical team to be bringing this show to Broadway. This is not the first time that Jeremy Strong has worked on an Amy Herzog show. He starred in her play The Great God Pan off-Broadway a decade ago in 2013. This will be Michael Imperioli's Broadway debut, though. And what I think is interesting is that we have these two classic shows by these stalwarts of the European theater from a century to century and a half ago that are being reinvented and retranslated and rewritten and adapted by American women. I think having the opportunity to recontextualize these two pieces, not only through their eyes as women, but also as modern women. If you, we've talked about Vanya quite a bit. If you don't know an enemy of the people, it has to do with a doctor who lives in a spa town in, in Norway, and he goes all out to try to inform the public that the spa's water is poisoned. But everybody in the community and the society pushes back on him because that is their only source of money and revenue. So very applicable to today's uh, society and a lot of the capitalistic pressures that go on in larger decision-making in our society. So I'm fascinated to see what both of these are like. The cast so far are amazing. We don't know anybody else coming for an enemy of the people, but if it sticks like this, I'm sure that whoever is in the cast will be extremely talented. 
All right, moving on. We were unable to do this on yesterday's show because the reviews did not come out until late on Monday night. But on Monday at the Ethel Moore Theater, Harmony opened on Broadway. We've talked about this quite a bit before, so I won't belabor a lot of the points, but music by Barry Manilow, book and lyrics by Bruce Sussman, directed and choreographed by Warren Carlyle. As of recording time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 14 reviews. Five were positive, six were mixed, and three were negative. Since we had so much news at the top, I'm just going to kind of run through these in brief. If you want to read these reviews or any more of the reviews, you can check out both the Did They Like It and Broadway World review roundups in the show notes. Starting first with Jesse Green for the New York Times, he was negative, saying, quote, wherever it can, in the plot, in the characterizations, and in the sometimes bombastic orchestrations for a heavily synthed and amped orchestra of nine, Harmony wields a truncheon instead of the needle it needs. It might have helped if the supposedly comic numbers were actually funny, but neither Manilow and Sussman nor Carlyle excel at that here. Brittany Samuel, writing for Broadway News, was positive, saying, quote, Though Harmony is dampened by its formulaic adherence to melancholic moments and a tragedy-laden chronicling of Jewish heritage, this is a show that successfully completes the task at hand. By its end, a palpable grief radiates through the Ethel Moore Theater, a palpable shame as well, one that hopefully urges us to remember our dead and to do everything in our power to keep their stories alive. Charles Isherwood of the Wall Street Journal was negative, saying, quote, Timely it may sadly be. But a theatrical triumph, it still isn't. I reviewed the show back in 1997, and while it has changed and improved, it rarely rises above a level of admirable, hardworking professionalism. Jackson McHenry for Vulture was mixed. The show, basically a fable, doesn't meet the moment as much as the moment crashes over it. It's hard to see the thing itself amid the currents of extra theatrical context, but there's no use in ignoring that context, which happens to be the point of harmony. You may want to perform your little ditties and step to the side, but history will find you. David Gordon for Theater Mania was positive, saying, quote, This is a show that my grandparents would have raved about during the post-services Kidditch luncheon. Undeniably moving and extremely powerful, the pros of Harmony generally outweigh the cons. It's not as profound as everyone involved clearly thinks it is, but it'll give you the good cathartic cry you've been waiting for. We'll wrap up with Adam Feldman of Time Out New York, who gave the show three out of five stars, saying, quote, As enjoyable and affecting as Harmony is, and as timely with anti-Semitism on the rise worldwide, it doesn't make the case that, among all that we must never forget, the comedian harmonists merit quite this degree of remembrance. All right, let's dive into the rest of the news, and there was a decent amount of it, so I'm just going to kind of run through it quickly. Of course, as always, further details will be in the show notes. Yesterday, the Second Stage Theater announced the complete cast for its upcoming world premiere of Kate Douglas's The Apiary, directed by Kate Warriski. The show will be the centerpiece for Second Stage's inaugural Next Stage Festival, and it will feature Tony nominee Gabby Beans, Obi winner April Mathis, Lucille Lortel Award nominee Carmen M. Herlai, and Emmy SAG and Golden Globe nominee Taylor Schilling. Production will begin previews on January 31st and officially open on February 13th at the Tony Kaiser Theater. 22 years in the future, two lab assistants hatch a plan that could change the world. All they need is a few volunteers. That doesn't sound ominous at all, does it? Um, The next bit of news comes from Signature Theater Off-Broadway, and they announced that they will present an all-star benefit reading of Sam Shepard's True West with an absolutely fantastic cast. It will feature Evan Moss Bacharach as Austin, David Harbour as Lee, Ann Dowd as Mom, and Dennis O'Hare as Saul. 
absolutely insane cast. This will take place on December 11th at 7 p.m. and tickets are on sale now. And as I am looking at the, the prices for that, they start at $250 and go all the way up to 500. I will not be going to that, although I would like to be. Uh, I'm leaving that morning. As much as I would like to stay for it, $250 is not something that I'm gonna swing for a reading. Bouncing back to Broadway, yesterday the full cast was announced for the upcoming Broadway production of The Notebook. We ran through the principals, all of the Allies and Noahs. Joining them will be the great Andrea Burns, Alex Benoit, Chase Del Rey, Hilary Fisher, Dorcas Leung, Juliet Ojeda, Charles E. Wallace, Charlie Webb, and more. You can check out the full cast announcement in the show notes. Also yesterday, the New York Post reported that Cameron McIntosh has set his sights on bringing Stephen Sondheim's old friends to Broadway once it wraps up at the Gilgood Theater in London on January 6th. His plan is to bring the musical's UK stars along, including Bernadette Peters and Leia Salonga. Of course, no official announcement has been made. If they want to do it this season, there's not a whole lot of room to do it, but there is a theater or two, so we will see what happens with that. I personally would love to see this, and I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen something like this on Broadway already. I, you know, We've had a ton of actual productions of Sondheim's shows since he passed away, but I thought there would be a little bit more. I thought there would be a review like this or maybe a festival of his work that would be a, a, a proper celebration. Uh, obviously, the things that we've had are, have been fantastic. Of course, it started with Company and we had Into the Woods and, and now Sweeney Todd and Merrily on Broadway. And of course, here we are off Broadway and tons of things around the country, but not as much in New York as I thought would happen. So it would be great if this did come true. All right, real quick, going to run through some of the reviews for Danny and the Deep Blue Sea, which is currently playing at the Lucille Lortel Theater. It stars Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott. It is directed by Jeff Ward in his stage directorial debut. The play was written by John Patrick Shanley, and the description reads thusly, Have you ever been caught in an earthquake, a chance meeting, a dive bar? Some encounters are so dangerous and so beautiful, they redefine the meaning of love. Follow two desperate people in the Bronx, Danny and Roberta, as they walk the line between destruction and transcendence. Elizabeth Vincentelli, writing for the New York Times, was positive, saying, quote, Yes, Danny's final turnaround stretches credibility close to its breaking point. And the way he finally pierces Roberta's abscess of shame and fury is rather over the top, not to mention the idea that a physical remedy would shock a psychic wound into healing. But by then, Abbott and Plaza have made us care enough for these two misfits that we are ready to believe that maybe, just maybe, they can get a break. Sarah Holdren writing for Vulture was mixed, saying, quote, In the end, what Ward, Abbott, and Plaza access is that Danny in the Deep Blue Sea isn't really a play about violence at all, but about absolution. It ends in the morning with a possibility to show a little faith, because there was magic in the night. Aramid Tamubu, writing for Variety, said, quote, Despite the raw banter and the actor's solid performances, especially Abbott, Danny the Deep Blue Sea isn't exactly riveting. Instead, it feels like a somber, overly long vignette of two deeply tortured people without the means or wherewithal to address the horrors of their circumstances and personal choices. If only for a moment the duo cling to one another, conceiving of a plan where they might for once grasp onto some semblance of happiness. And finally, Alyssa Gardner writing for the New York Sun said, quote, Yet Miss Plaza's work in this maiden voyage is deeply impressive. So impressive that were I to have seen this Danny knowing nothing about its stars and been asked which one had no prior theater experience, I'd have been stumped. 
That's in no way a negative reflection on Mr. Abbott. What's most striking about the staging, in fact, is the seemingly effortless rapport between the performers, even as they're playing characters to whom little has come easily. All right, that is all that I have for you today. No feel-good recommendation. My feel-good recommendation is that we've got a lot of really uh, exciting stuff coming up in the theatrical space, especially on Broadway over the next five months. So whether you're in New York, able to visit New York during the rest of this season, or just living vicariously through this podcast and stuff you can find on social media, enjoy it because it is going to be bonkers. It is going to be absolutely insane. All right, that's all that we have. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at Matt. Have a wonderful Wednesday, a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you tomorrow when I'm in New York. Mm-hmm.